Welcome to Candidly 30. No, we're not 30, but we're in our 30s, working through life. Every week, we're going to go over our favorites, our gratitudes, our grievances, and all the crazy in between. Grab your favorite drink, get comfortable, because we're getting candid. Hi! Welcome! Welcome to Candidly 30. How's our tet? How's our sound? Sorry. Yeah, I think so. Are we sounding okay? We sound fabulous, as always. Okay. Well, you're the sound Nazi. Okay, settle down. It's not... (laughs) That's just a little too much of an intense word for my concerns, legitimate concerns about our sound being fabulous. Because our listeners want to listen to, like, good-sounding podcasts, right? Anyway, (laughs) tell me what's going on with you. And I'm obsessed that you're sitting right next to your dad right now. It's very sweet. Spoiler alert. (laughs) special guest we have a special guest say hi hello everybody thank you for having me on i love it um man the myth the legend (laughs) uh rodney rod dad papa other otherwise known is here on the podcast i am visiting pioneer right now so we're at home where dad is mostly here so um but yeah we're at their house in pioneer shoot i probably shouldn't have said that do you want people to know where you live (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) so we're just gonna do like a little interview a few questions and kind of just like roll with it but let's first do updates kate what's new with you oh my gosh well first and foremost i got married um just paperwork, but I was in Colorado and I think I had told you we were going to be there for a whole week. Um, lots of fun time, family, crazy stuff. And then I came back with the worst case of COVID that I think I've ever had in my life. I, this last week, I think I spent a collective five days in bed and couldn't breathe, couldn't like sit up without getting nauseous. It was just awful. But in that time I binged a bunch of stuff. So I have some faves or like things that we can talk about later on but yeah I feel like I just haven't really walked around my neighborhood in about a week and a half so I'm kind of excited that the fire is going to be done it's supposed to rain tomorrow yeah and I can get back to like the sunshine a little bit yeah five days is a long time that's intense what's up with you how was your drive it was good. Yeah, yeah we were. Crazy. I came down after work on Friday and got here pretty late. And then um, it was our friend Natalie's birthday on Saturday. So I spent the day Happy with her. Birthday. And then yesterday we went on their new boat up here. Up here. So, Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It's very cool. They got it done. Give me an update. What's the boat look like? How fun is it? Yeah, Dad, give us more deets on the boat. Okay, well, it's it's um it's a little pontoon boat, and it's you know it's kind of a family setting. We we call it the Jungle Cruise because we just kind of go to lakes and then cruise the perimeter and see what coves are there. I would say it's not that little though. How big is it? Twenty four (laughs) feet. That's a pretty decent boat. It's a good sized boat. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, I think it's perfect for like yeah the dog. Is this the first time this summer you guys went up to the water? Or? No, this summer, yeah. Pardon me? Took it out? Oh, no, no. We oh, have, okay. We've visited, yeah, we visited all the pretty big reservoirs um, from Folsom, Don Pedro, McClure, 
um, Comanche, New Hogan, uh, Bear River. I don't know. You know. I love exploring. it. So now I yeah. just get just to listed off like all these amazing spots. Look at the you. Knowledge. Just dropping the boat knowledge. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's been a good summer, right? Yeah. I feel sure. like summer went by really mm-hmm. fast for you guys too. Oh yeah. It's been just a whirlwind for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh but you know, uh trying to get do something most every weekend and, and it, it works out. Good. Yeah. They've been busy. So just trying to survive, like I mean, take advantage of all the the water from last winter. Yeah, it's what it's just been a crazy because all the lakes are full to their or they were. They're starting to go down now. But they were mostly very close to their high water marks, which is just, just you know, you kind of sit there and you just think about all this water we're sitting on. And, man, it's amazing. It is cool. Yeah. I mean, especially in California where we've been in a drought for so long. Yeah. And then you're looking for hidden obstacles like rocks and islands and stuff that you can't <laughs> see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also looking for fish. Which... Looking for fish. Yeah. Yeah. We went, we tried to do fishing yesterday. Dad got a new fish finder. Ooh. So we figured out how to work that guy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw two fish. We saw two whole fish. Wow. In the whole lake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. We... Yeah. I don't know if we really knew what we were doing, but <laughs> at least we found how to turn, actually see the fish. So mm-hmm. that's very exciting. Yeah. I was just more worried about where the bottom is. Yeah. yeah, hitting bottom would be not great. Hitting bottom is not good. So. It's a big boy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Jungle Cruise is a great name. Good. I do like Jungle Cruise as the name of the boat. That's very sweet. I just remember all of my time in California, the water line was so, like it never, up in Kawea Lake, which is where my parents live, or they're close to them, it has always been so, so low. So this year when I finally went and the water was all the way above the line, like it blew my mind how much water they had this last year. It was totally crazy. Yeah, just well, I, I think it's cool to see when the lakes are low, you can see the topography as it was. And you can see, you kind of have mixed emotions about you totally. love the lake, you love the water, you love being there, but look at all everything that we just buried basically we put underwater <laughs> i mean there's towns and stuff down there you know yeah. there's and then there's a lot of gold rush history because these are basically all in the you know the gold rush area and so there's there's definitely big diggings and uh stuff like that that you come across and yeah mm-hmm. yeah we're um we're thinking why don't we just like dig right in i was gonna bring up another topic but it kind of leads into what we were going to discuss and just kind okay. of leads into our interview. Do you want to start? Sure. Okay. Unless you have any other like hangovers or anything. Okay? She's got a ton. I can. No, I'm, I'm just excited day. for this topic today. No, no, I'm excited <laughs> to listen. Well, wait, first and foremost, um, dad wanted to report that, um, that he wanted you to be next year. We're going to, you and I are going to go to Burning Man with Spencer and we're going to, you're going to be the commander in chief. Well, we said. were thinking like an on-the-spot reporter. Oh, a reporter. Like, you know, for the podcast and, you know, <laughs> following around Kelly's crazy brothers and, and uh, friends and as they experience Man, yes. you know, a couple of uh, Yosemite, uh, you know, forestry workers. Wouldn't that be so funny? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I like the idea of me, like, 
figuring out how threads on Instagram are like live live tweeting or whatever. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So maybe by next hit, next Burning Man, I'll get onto you know, it. You can picture right there, you know, with the microphone and your headphones, chasing them around. Right, and just like chasing, like behind them, just do, do, do. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. That would be amazing. So stay tuned next year. That's going to be us. I have never been to Burning Man. It's one of those things that I think I've, um, I've, I don't know. I've just been, it's so intense. Like it's very intimidating, I guess, to go, but let's go. Mm-hmm. We can, we'll probably survive. Probably. I was at, I was thinking about it today and I just don't know if I could deal with the dirt and the dust and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that was like a side Oh part. yeah. How long do people go out there? Like we don't have to go for like eight days. Yeah, that's like the typical amount of time. Definitely over right. a week. We can go for like three or four days. Yeah, I think I could only handle three or four days. Anyway, Burning Man next <laughs> year is happening. Okay, so uh, okay, let's just move forward to starting off the interview. Dad, do you want to explain um, kind of just like zero to eighteen and like a little bit of like your childhood, just where you grew up and. Uh, briefly, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, born in California, of course, um, and then uh, through family stuff, moved to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Colorado Springs, Manitou Springs, Denver, and then back to Southern California, and then uh, finished out, you know, my high school and uh, dabbled in college through football, and then, uh, but always kind of had the always was way into backpacking and that kind of stuff. So that's how, what really um, led me to Yosemite. We had a family vacation one year, uh, I think in 1970, we went, so we missed the firefall, but we were, I was in Yosemite Valley and it was absolutely insane. And I just remember my parents freaking out. The only thing we could find to stay in was a Curry Ted cabin and like the bikers and the, you know, there was just, Harley's cranking through the valley, you know, it was loud and it was crazy. And we were just like, oh my God, this place is the greatest. So anyway, so through the backpacking and stuff, when I finally decided that I was going to leave Southern California, that's what I, I was like, I'm going to go get a job in Yosemite. So I did and mm-hmm. ended up working for the Curry Company for lodge housekeeping. Uh, my buddy Kevin and I went up there and he got a job at Curry and I got a job at the lodge and then um, had another person uh, that kind of opened the door for me to get a job at the Iwani. And so I started at a bus boy at, at the Iwani. I was only worked at lodge for maybe three months or something, four months, and then went to the Iwani. And then just, man, that was, in my opinion, the golden age of the Iwani hotel. The, the mid seventies. Oh my gosh. It was insane. How long did you work at the Iwani for? Um, late, uh, 76 to, uh, December 31st, 79. Mm. That was my last shift. I worked New Year's Eve and then I was done. How do you remember that date? Because it was, it was, it was New Year's Eve. I worked and then I went to Tuolumne for, Mm. we'd stashed a bunch of stuff up in, you know, supplies and stuff in Tuolumne. And so we skied to Tuolumne and spent the next three months in Tuolumne. Um, were you working up there? Or you no, just... there was, it's, you know, there's nobody up there in the winter. Well, there's rangers up there. Well, so we befriended the rangers and they mm. worked with us and let us 
hang out and uh okay yeah so then you know nice so why did you know that was your last shift working at the Awani? Did you transition? Did you know you had a job after your ski? No, I did not have a job after that. Oh, okay. But, um, I was knew that um, I was going to go back to construction. Construction, what I did, and so I knew I was going to. I could always get a job there. So went to Mariposa and, and uh, worked for a little while, and then uh, went back to Southern California for a year or two. Got my license. Got kind of back in the trade business and then moved back to El Patel. Mm, okay. What kind of license did you get? Um, uh, a B, contractor's license. Mm-hmm. Contracting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a general. A B license is a general. Oh, okay. What can you do with a B license? Um, You can, that's what most people have. Yeah. Mm. That's what, you're not a specialty. You're not an electrician or a concrete or a, you know. And then you're not an engineering. So there's A's, B's, and C's, which are engineering. Oh, okay. Or C's are specialties. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cool. So then, wait, why did you go back to Southern California just to be with Because I knew, stuff? no. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just because I knew I could go to work. I could go to work immediately and, mm-hmm. and learn a lot and get a lot more exposure and get a lot more experience. Okay. That's cool. So then what, but you knew you wanted to come back to Mariposa? I knew I wanted to get back to Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, yeah. Um, you know, Mariposa's, Mariposa's a good place to be, you know. Mariposa. And there was, at that time, so basically when I went back to uh, Mariposa, I worked for a contractor who was doing subcontracted maintenance in Yosemite. So we were going to Yosemite every day, but from Mariposa in his trucks and doing all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I, you know, for concessionaire for Curry Cup. Um, so basically any facility within their land assignment, um, we worked on. So we went from the high camps, we were at the lodge, we were at Curry, we were in Wawona, we were in the, at the Awani, we were whatever needed to be done, you know. I kind of got my foot in the door with that contractor because that was right about the time that the queen was visiting the Iwani. And so I got a job. I, you know, that contractor, Mari, hired us to, to work on the suites, like the sixth floor where she was going to stay. And so, uh, yeah, that was interesting and, and worked on from there. And then. Did you meet the queen? Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody met. We met the Secret Service guys. We were going all over the building and putting up antennas and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Nice. So we met those guys. But, cool. Um, okay, so fast forward just a little bit. So how long did you work construction? And when did you transfer to the National Park Service? So pretty much that was the early 80s. So all through the 80s, I met your mom Renee in uh, at Merced Lake in 1985 mm-hmm. and when you know on working for that contractor we went to the high camp at Merced Lake and we were building a bathroom and she was on a crew where they were building the septic system and so we met and then mm-hmm. off we went and so I was doing construction the whole time probably from the you know from the time I left the Curry Company in you know early 80, left late 79, all the way till forever. 
And so then I started kind of figuring out the way to go to, to get on the best paying jobs, which are what they call prevailing wage jobs, which are building infrastructure for the park. So it was housing, it was wastewater treatment plants, it was um, uh, mostly housing and water and electrical, the powerhouse, and, you know, kind of reap. I worked for a contractor, the, the tanks at Happy Isles, repipe in the whole valley. Mm-hmm. We did all that kind of stuff. So um, until 96, when I figured... I wanted a little more stability. The contracts kind of dried up and I did not want to travel. Most of these guys I worked with were travelers. They would travel with the contractors. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to stay local to Yosemite. So um, got a job with the Park Service. I thought, well, now I can afford to work for the Park Service. Wrong. You could never, <laughs> never afford to work for the Park Service. You just, you just do it. And make the best of it. But I feel like we did we did good. You know, we we raised the kids, we bought a house, we did everything we were supposed to do and mm-hmm. and uh and enjoyed the park as much as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. And uh and then just kinda rolled up through the you know, from a like a maintenance worker to um well, then the I knew people in the historic preservation program. And that just intrigued me so much. I love that and the history and being able to put your hands on so much old stuff and actually help it and make it better and, you know, preserve Mm -hmm. it for future generations and all that (laughs) stuff. What's the National Park Service motto? Something, something for future generations. I should know that probably. (laughs) To benefit the cultural natural resources for future generations. Okay. Yeah. So much. So loosely. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, that's the mission statement. Um, nice. Yeah. And so when you retired, you had 25 years? I had 26 years. 26 yeah. years. Yeah. Nice. So um, I, yeah, I, I, I just did better than I ever expected. I never imagined that I would, you know, just make those leaps and bounds that I did and, and, uh, kind of gets back to the that whole um you know imposter syndrome like I always felt like I, I was never you know but I just kept moving up and I kept I guess I was doing good I guess I did mm-hmm. you know according to my performance appraisals everything was going good so you know yeah I feel like everyone has imposter syndrome though yeah I know we don't talk about it enough um I have a question about your work in the historical preservation can you give the listener, like, um, I don't know if you can talk about any one particular area, but I don't know. I want to hear, like, what's your favorite part or part of history that you were able to help and preserve for future generations? Like, I'd love to hear at least something. <laughs> something? Probably. Um, I'm very proud of our work at the backcountry cabins. There's a number of cabins in the, in the backcountry of Yosemite, including the Ostrander Ski Hut. And the Snow Creek Cabin, uh, which are destinations, well, to this day, really, mm-hmm. and uh, but just really had a had a very big part in the complete uh, restoration of Snow Creek Cabin, which was built in 1929 by the um, by um, you know the Currys, well. Tresseters, you know, Donald Tresseter and Mary Curry Tresseter, who were big time skiers 
and they wanted a, they had a, a vision for, for like a European hut system where you could ski around Yosemite going to hut, hut, hut. And uh, that's kind of cool. The, uh, yeah, Snow Creek was the yeah. first piece of that puzzle. And then it was operated for six years, five years, six years. And then they built Badger Pass. And then there were ski lifts. And then ski touring faded mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And the Snow Creek cabin basically was lost to history, was basically just up there because it's not that easy to find. Yeah, day. it's not easy to get to. And it's, yeah. And uh, you kind of get to, and that, that was one of my prouder moments too, later after years and years, um, being able to like ski right straight to it, you know, just like up the hill, no matter what conditions, you're not on a trail, you're whatever, you just like, zoop. And I was like, oh, okay, here we are, and here we are, and now we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to hike two of the cabins that they were working on, too, when they were mm-hmm. working on them. I went out to the Sticks Pass one. Is that what oh, it's actually Sashi, called? Sashi, Sashi Springs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's a very far northwest remote cabin. And, uh, yeah, super cool out there. I'm and then I went to, to the Ostrander one, too. And you've been to... Um, Frog Creek at Eleanor. Oh, right. You know, and but, you've been to Ostrander. You've been to Snow Creek. I've never been to Snow, Snow Creek. Flat. I don't think so. Merced Lake. You've been to Merced Lake. Yeah, but someone carried me. It doesn't count. Oh, okay. I carried you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's little, little. That's one of our favorite things. That's so cute. Uh, give, give me like some context with uh, people who don't have a Yosemite map in their brain, like. Is that a 20 mile hike back country? Like, give me a little context and what paint a picture in my mind. Also talk about baby, baby Kelly. <laughs> well, um, Merced Lake, Merced Lake's 14 miles, whether you go from Yosemite Valley up the Merced River or whether you go from Tuolumne Meadows through Vogel saying it's 14 miles either way. Um, Sashi's only about nine miles in, right? It's kind Snow, of hard miles though. Snow Creek is like three miles maybe if you go the ski trail yeah but it's very hard miles no it's literally straight up <laughs> oh, oh oh from the valley yeah no 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 don't go yeah there. don't go there okay anyway yeah. anyway yeah. They, some of them are remote some of them are hard to get to yeah well so when the kids were little little you know renee was um working for backcountry utilities and she was hiking the you know the nevada falls vernal falls corridor and um so they were building a new bathroom in Little Yosemite Valley. And so that kind of started things. And so we would haul the kids up there. And and then that's not quite halfway to Merced Lake, but mm-hmm. it's part of the way. So when we went to Merced Lake and we did the 14 miles from Yosemite Valley up, we, um, we took two days to do it. And then um, when they were a little bit older, then we started fitting in a trip to Half Dome because you're right up there. So you might as well shoot over and do Half Dome. Before the permit system. Before the permit mm-hmm. system. So none of us have been back since the permit system, right? Oh, I have. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. Well, but we've all done it like 30 times. So it doesn't, it's, <laughs> it's a zoo now. Everything's a zoo. Now. Yeah, so that's true. Somebody's changed. That's sure. why, you know. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But I did spend a lot of time in the backcountry as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because both my parents were in the backcountry. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so since then, 
since you have retired as of your officially like one year in, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about retirement and everything? Well, you know, there again, it's like, you know, the imposter syndrome and professionally and in retirement is like, I never pictured myself as being a person, one of those people that would be able to ever retire in their lifetime. I just figured I'd be working forever, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, as time went on, I started to realize that I could probably pull this off and make it happen somehow and just have been super fortunate in that things have worked out, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to retire. And so other than having to go in there every day, um, there's still plenty to do. There's lots of work to do. It's not all stuff I want to do by choice, but I, you know, it's things I need to do or want to do. And so, yeah. And that's kind of how I've been filling with all the fun times that we've had. I mean, we vid up to visit Kelly uh, more than a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And we have, what else have we done? We've been around and around. We go to our music festivals. We do, you know, whatever. And then we yeah. do a bunch of local stuff too. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of those things that you've been keeping up with what kind of hobbies what kind of interests what are you what projects are you working on lately other than being on the boat and living your life there's a lot of things that you can do. Oh, yeah i'm still i'm still running back and forth between here and red pines and uh working down there a little bit and then um you know there's stuff like uh skylights in the kitchen and uh, just maintenance kind of yard stuff, uh, trees, planting. Um, most of my winter was spent moving snow. Mm-hmm. There's tons uh, of snow here. Yeah, because it just, it just <laughs> we didn't stop. But it was fun. I didn't have to go to work. I could just wake up, look out the window, go, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing today, and go out there and get with it, you know. And, and you got fun toys. You have a snowplow on your quad. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> but you also, yeah, in the last year, you got in a boat and then you just got an RV. Those, these are all these. So I guess bucket list things, you know, those are all things that we've kind of been um, kind of staging or posturing to get in place so that we can enjoy our retirement and because that's what mom says. She's like, I'm not just going to retire and sit in the house. And I was like, I never thought you would. You know, that would, I never considered that an option. Yeah. So, yeah, just recently, the RV, I just saw it yesterday for the first time. So yeah, I, I went inside of it. I don't really put that stuff out there that much, but, you know, whatever. I just kind of, you know, there again. I don't want to okay. boast. I don't want to, you know. They're not fancy. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I think you're living like dream life, life goals. Okay. What's the, um, on the bucket list for your RV? Where are you guys going to go? <gasps> Where are we going to go? Good question. Well, well, I think Thanksgiving with Kelly, first of all. First of trip. All, first trip. We'll be there. Oh, fun. We want to go just, we can, you know, we, we are situated pretty close to, uh, on a all you know year highway over to Nevada, so we can shoot over to Nevada pretty easily, and that's I like going that direction. Now then, I see a trip to maybe to Colorado for family purposes sometime soon, and that would be another another trip, you know. 
we still have uh, my dad's side is all in Colorado. And so that, you know, would be something else we'd consider. Plus, I don't know. I think about all kinds of good stuff. I, you know, like the air show that I went to last year when we were visiting Kelly in August and uh, was talking about it. And I was like, oh, and then I realized, oh, it was last weekend. It was this weekend. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I got here. Well, you know, that's the kind of thing. That would, <laughs> that's probably not Renee's list, but, you know. No, I mean, just don't be those people that get, like, the United States map on your RV and then put a little, like, state sure. on it. Don't do that. Yeah. No. Oh, don't, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's my mom. Absolutely. That would be my mom. <laughs> So we just drove to Colorado, right? We're like in the car and it's like 18 hours we're driving and we see a sign for Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. It's just right off of the highway, but we didn't stop because we were already like 12 hours into driving at that point or whatever. But that would be fun. I feel like that's on my bucket list if I had an RV or when I get an RV, because that would be a really good one. And the thing, the what's the... The geyser. Oh, Old Faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 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 that. Good motion. That one. <laughs> over I'm trying to remember what, how old he was, Kelly. Yeah, I can't remember. We went there when I was a kid, but I don't, I remember like seeing Old Faithful mm-hmm. and I remember getting out of the car and tripping and falling mm-hmm. and scraping my knees. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, that's pretty much it. Oh, also, I think it was Yellowstone where I got the, um, the Junior Ranger she, badge she got the- and they embarrassed me. They, made everyone look at me and um yeah they everyone like stung to me instead of everyone or something and I had skin knees because she had the most potential they could see the future park service employee right there oh wow. that's adorable Jesus. I love it <laughs> yeah but it was cool it was at the headquarters at Mammoth yeah oh Mammoth well that's what that area is called oh oh, oh. yeah in, I don't remember in Yellowstone mm-hmm. it's the headquarters it's it's the big you know it's not, where, it's not where Old Faithful is. Yellowstone's really big and it's got a lot of, you know. We're going to go. We're going to go for multiple, go, multiple days. Got to go. I don't gotta think go. you can do it in like a weekend, right? Like you have to kind of commit if you're going to see everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Totally. But also, um, well, this is not RV related, but we're going on vacation next year. We just haven't decided where. Yeah. I, I propose two days ago that we should all pick a country that we want to go to. And then we all have to present it to the family as, I mean, but I feel like Spencer and Dick are pretty. Yes. Yeah, so involves, involves <laughs> oh my God. Can I be a fly on the wall? Wouldn't that be so funny? And then everyone votes. <laughs> Your PowerPoint. Well, the there, there is another eclipse. There's going to be another eclipse next year, April. 8th, I like it. Or April 4th, I think something mm. like that. And I, Spencer and I, Spencer went with me to chase the last eclipse and mm-hmm. we ended up out in Nebraska. And so, uh, it was amazing. I highly, highly recommend it. And this year it's going to go more across like Texas and that area. Mm. So, uh, interesting. Another friend of ours wants to go to Lukenbach. What is that? Lukenbach. Texas. Oh my God. <laughs> What's Lickenbach? It's a town. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a town. I never heard of it. Yeah, because you're you're not really a. I was in Texas. Music person, are you? Mm. 
I used to be, <laughs> not anymore. Wait, is that a famous country song or something? Um, so yeah, I guess speaking of, that's your other favorite. You could chase like music festivals. You could. You could do that. Totally. No, you. You right. like music, like uh-huh. outlaw country mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. He's very big into, or him and mom, us all, all of us yeah. are big into music. So yeah. that would be fun. Choose it was it, it was super cool. Kelly went yeah. on our last visit to um, Bend. We she filled it up, man. The schedule was stacked and packed, and it started with farewell with Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. and then and <laughs> to be to be noted, farewell not as in farewell to Willie Nelson. No, 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 no. He's not dead. It's He's called the town is known as farewell. Correct, farewell Bend. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. And so, but then, and then followed that up by seeing Lucas Nelson in, well, you guys talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. In the roller rink. And it was still, <laughs> a, it, was, it was still an awesome show. They were awesome thinking about how that sound was because they all thought it was a roller rink. The Where was it? What is, yeah. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was not a roller <laughs> rink, but it looks like one. I mean, it kind of has to be short or something. I think somebody told us that. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Maybe it was. But he was downtown Ben. You know, I don't know what district it was in. Yeah, Cape has been to two shows with me. It wasn't at the place where we've been, Cape. Not the volcano. Okay. It was at the other location. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, okay, so moving right along. So now that you're retired, do you miss anything from work? Um, honestly, um the people. Um, and that's a, that's a two side, you know, I don't want to be, have to deal with people's problems, which kind of got to where I was, mm-hmm. you know, supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but honestly, there were so many good people that really worked their hearts out for the park and loved being there and, and doing, doing their thing, especially in the preservation world and uh, in the facilities world in general, in the natural, in the cultural, in the, <laughs> all the different worlds. What about me? Um, and the <laughs> HR world. <laughs> no, actually, Kelly made a good move. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, we'll see. But that's, um, I kind of a little bit um, miss the actual, you know, making a difference in the work and being and having some input on decisions you know, that are made on the way things kind of go and what's proper and where we should stick and where we should go and where you can maybe um, have some room for modern rehabilitation or something like that, how you can adapt that into your, without without adversely affecting the integrity, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that was always interesting. But on the other hand, um, I see a lot of really sharp people coming up and it's their turn. It, they can take over that's true and i can and i can move on i do think there's something to be said for like institutional knowledge though well which brings around you know when i'm going back down there this week and i'm gonna sit with some people and they're gonna you know oh yeah you're being interviewed no i i did the interview already but i know this is just more um i because i supervised that preservation shop for i don't know what 10 years Mm -hmm. something like that and so I know a lot of where stuff is in the database. I know 
pictures that are relative where all that stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, they want to start digging into some of the well the cabin stuff and then kind of see where we are for um some of the other structures you know there's you know you somebody has five landmark structures and that's a big deal in the preservation world that is a nationally recognized st- structure or complex or something like mm-hmm. that so for either person place or thing or an event sort of national significance you know is how that stuff is rated mm-hmm. so, so a lot of parks don't have more than like one or two you somebody has five that's like a big deal well no some parks are completely yeah well the wawona hotel complex the Awani, the rangers club oh sorry okay fine no. can you do the other two wait you said the two that I knew. Lacan <laughs> <laughs> Memorial and the oh. and the uh, Parsons Lodge. Oh, I never would have got that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, the Parsons Lodge is in Tuolumne. It's a complete stone building. It was, it was uh, one of the original. Well, it was conceived and designed and constructed by the founders of the Sierra Club. So they. Um, yeah, so that makes it nationally significant. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm so, glad you're going to give back knowledge. Yeah. So, but but then there's like I was going to say, there's places like the Maritime Museum in San Francisco where every one of their ships is a national landmark mm-hmm. or it has landmark status. So there you go. The capital, national capital region. You know, all of the memorials, the battlefields. Those all, all of those things have. That's another thing about in that world is being able to travel. I got to travel to so many places and just got so immersed in the civil war and the, how that all went down. And it's, Oh, it's interesting. I mean, I service battlefields now and I don't know that much about them, but I'm learning a lot more about them. So It is a whole new world because out west it's kind of just like big mountains. There's not really any history, right? Not a lot of history, anyway. But back there, and I, I don't know how many of your listeners are on the, but everywhere you go because it's been there for four hundred years is there's a there's a monument. So and so it's happened here. Boom, it happened here, and, mm-hmm. and it might be a cornfield or a peach orchard or a whatever. But it, you know, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Cool. I like it. We can encourage the listeners to go seek out those historically relevant or like really cool national landmarks. It's really cool. Everybody should do that. And we can make a yeah. list too. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. I mean, national park sites, there's only like 54 maybe. What? National parks, but national mm. parks, like monuments. Uh, recreation areas, there's three, seashores, seashores, battlefields. Yeah. There's like 500. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like your response though. What? <laughs> you didn't know where I well, was going with it. Yeah, right. I see where she's going. <laughs> because everybody just thinks of the National Park Service as parks, <laughs> but there is seashores and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, people only think of Yosemite and Yellowstone. And, and then there's urban units that, because really the mission of the Park Service is to tell the story of the American people. That's in a nutshell. And that gets into urban areas and that gets into, there's no boundaries on that. It could be people's houses, people's homes. Yeah. I service Abraham Lincoln's house. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, um, 
the ones that in the Bay Area. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah. Well, in the Bay Area, you've got John Muir's house. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that stuff is all. Yeah, it's interesting. Park Service. Cool. Well, 10 out of 10, do you recommend working for the Park Service? Um. Yes, I have to. I have to say yes in my, but it takes a certain sort, um, which I think there are fewer and fewer are all the time. Just because what I saw my experience in trying to hire people is you couldn't, you had to, you know, if you put out an announcement for jobs, you had more applicants that you could ever, and it has dwindled down to nothing to where people are just barely. People used to come and wait in line to get jobs in Yosemite. And it's just not the case anymore. You can't, um, you know, we strive for diversity. We strive for inclusion. We strive for all those things. But you can only hire the people that apply. Mm -hmm. And the pool is dwindling, Mm -hmm. you know. So it takes the right sort of people. We we also had a lot of opportunities to work with um, interns and stuff that would apply for these different programs that we would tap into for the summer and try to grab a couple of interns to just to expose they were mostly looking for hands-on hands-on experience because they're all book smart they're all steeped in the you know in the secretary standards the secretary of the interior wrote the standards for historic preservation and so the secretary standards of what are the guiding book of, of everything so they're steeped in all that they know their stuff in inside and out but they don't actually know what the tools do or how to handle the tools they, they would come because we could do log work we did window work we did um you know historic framing a lot of trim a lot of gingerbread a lot, a lot of, of painting a lot of painting <laughs> yeah a lot of windows 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 and if you hired somebody who had applied they would have to have like practical in the field experience versus somebody who is only book smart, right? So that's kind of, to your point, the pool of people who have practical knowledge is going to be dwindling, even though they come in with like book smarts of the standards, right? Right. Well, after someone's gone through a a college program, they are going to be needing to make more money than we can offer them at the, because there's different grades. So there's entry level stuff, of course, just like anywhere else, you know, there's, there's wage grade, the WG fives, and you don't have to know nothing. You just have to be enthusiastic and want to learn, you know, and then as a seven or a nine, or then you move into being an exhibit specialist. And that's when you have to know how to document and how to, you did need to be very familiar with applying the secretary standards in in given situations you know so and it's hard too because like sometimes hiring managers don't have any option for like what the qualification standards for the position hold so like Mm -hmm. dad has no like grasp over like what a wage grade nine position is i mean like he knows what knowledge they should have but like actually putting it to like the qualification standards and all that it's like such an interesting the government is interesting right um, and so we just battle with that too, not to mention housing crisis and all that other oh, stuff. So that's a whole other story. yeah, but it's, yeah, it's interesting, but there's definitely just like a change. I think it's just like generational change too of like who wants to work for the park service and, yeah. um, and you really have to love it because like he said, um, they don't pay like a private sector wage. So, um, it is really difficult to recruit and there's a lot of rules and all that yeah. stuff. So, and you know, 
it's just just unfortunate you know you've heard it said many times that people are loving our national parks to death yes from a visitation point of view but to actually when it comes down to writing a check would who would would anybody if it ever came to a bill or whatever would anybody vote to increase the national park services budget so that we can afford uh, comparable salaries you know to the outside world you know the other the other side of the whole yosemite thing is um Besides trying to give the best visitor experience possible to the people, we have to run a city. There's electricity, there's wastewater, there's water, there's housing, there's roads, there's snow removal. There's when COVID hit and everybody quit going to work and everything shut down, we still had a thousand people we had to take care of in Yosemite Valley alone. There, you know. And they all expect to have their lights on and their TV and their water and their take a shower. And there's people in our division that had to make sure that all those systems stayed operating, which means we can't stay home and telework. We can't, you know, that was a major rub for a lot of people uh, in our business. And I, I pretty much, because I was already in that, uh, you know, what mid-level, you know, branch chief position that I was there every day, no matter what. And I was in a, I was in a 30,000 square foot building with five or six people, you know, except because they're of, you know, everybody else's home. Yeah. And, you know, all of the trades people, all the people that are actually have their hands on what needs to keep functioning, they're out doing what they can do to keep the fires out and keep the, you know, Mm -hmm the operation running and then for as far as other the rest of those people that just have to keep trying to hire and and get payroll done and and do evaluations and plan for the future and get money for the that's the other thing is like every there's no just blank paycheck that every dollar you get requires a a, a lot of work on somebody's part you know so yeah that's getting into the weeds a little bit. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm getting out there. But no, yeah. that's okay. I just don't know if people really know. <laughs> that's that okay. <laughs> no, that's, you know, I wish people knew what, you know. Yeah, that's the real. You really know who has, when you flush the toilet. Yeah, I think that's kind of an important <laughs> yeah. thing that people don't recognize or think about when they go to these different national parks and stuff. They just like are happy to be there for the two days and then leave their trash all over the parking lot. So if you're going to a national park, don't leave your trash in the parking lot. Absolutely drives me crazy. But also pay attention to the people around you and be nice to the cashiers or, you know, whatever. Like, anywhere. Totally. People are idiots. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well. Sorry. Okay, let's go to the light side because I have a topic that I'm going to spring and surprise you guys with. Kelly, I texted you this. I hope you saw your phone. If not, no big deal. For the listener... Rod spent a lot of time in Southern California. One of his greatest loves, I hope you don't mind me speaking for you, um, is Disneyland. And I want to talk to you a little bit about you and Kelly's obsession yeah. with Disneyland. Well, I mean, you already kind of talked about growing up in Southern California. Yeah. But can you remember the first time you ever went to Disneyland? I don't know about the first because it was... So um, I was born in Long Beach in 1955, the year Disneyland opened. And we moved to Anaheim in about, I think, 58 um, or 57 or 58. And 
from our front porch, we could see the fireworks. And so there was no Matterhorn at that time. But then eventually, you know, they built Matterhorn and they, everything went on. Um, and then we moved and, and, but those very early images of that was just, um, and then all the, you know, we were, our generation, if you chose to go that way, we're kind of, um, Disney was always available, whether it was through movies or cartoons or Mickey Mouse or whatever in the media sense, you know, and I was always very receptive to that. Um, and then um, going as a little kid, you know, with the ticket books and all that stuff, we would save up, we would mow lawns and do whatever kids did back in the day. And I remember that uh, a book of tickets, which was probably a lot of money. If we could get $20 together, we would have a grand day. I think a book of tickets was like $14.50. And then if you spent a dollar, I had it down to where I could eat lunch for a dollar for if you got a drink and a fry and maybe something else, you that would be lunch. And you were just, and we were just running like crazy the whole, the whole time. That's when we were old enough to actually go by. But I had, I had, uh, you know, older brothers and then we had friends. So we would go as a group. And uh, so me being the youngest, I always, I got to go experience a lot of things earlier than, you know, <laughs> with a group of kids like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then um, growing up in high school, uh, we we moved out to the Santa Ana Canyon. So, but right up on the hills, like by Knoll Ranch and stuff, you could look straight out across and watch the fireworks and see the Disneyland Hotel and see the Matterhorn. And just from that big basin, when there's hills on the side of it, and you could look straight across on a clear night. I or just whatever. remember you talking about watching the Haunted Mansion get built. And, and waiting for the Haunted Mansion to be finished. And it's like, well, you know, it went on and it went on for years. And then they'd always say, you know, well, you know, we, we can't just, you know, we got to get ghosts and stuff in there. We can't just build ghosts. You know, they got to move in and stuff. <laughs> That sort of thing, you know, so. But, yeah. When did it actually get finished? I don't remember the mm -hmm. exact year. No. Mm. But. Uh, Do you remember when Pirates was built? Yes. Mm. That was a big sensation. I remember being in the car going down the Santa Ana Freeway, which was I-5, basically Santa Ana Freeway runs right by there. And seeing Pirates on a flatbed truck being moved. Like maybe we weren't on the freeway, but on the surface streets because like right at Ball and and Harbor, mm -hmm. whatever, um, the big shops and everything were all back there. And I remember seeing pirates on a flatbed truck being moved, That's you amazing. know, I love and, that. and then that whole thing coming about. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was crazy. So, yeah, we were right. right in, and I don't know how that all lends into my fascination and then for kelly to just accept it so freely that then it gave me excuse to continue right i like disney what i could mean? i could uh you know uh renee's not that crazy about it spencer's not that crazy about it they appease us they go with them um okay so what's your favorite disneyland ride? yeah tell me your favorite ride and then i want to know Ooh. your favorite food and then your favorite disney character kelly looking at you too so start thinking that's a good way to, to okay. end. And then are we doing gratitudes and grievances? I didn't think of any. Let's, um, I was going to say, uh, let's finish on these last three things and then we'll do like a quick wrap up. 
I think my favorite rides would probably be like the roller coaster, roller coaster type things, like Thunder Mountain. Um, I was gonna say, do Space an old Mountain. ride and then do a new ride. If you do want. an old ride and then a new ride. Well, Thunder Mountain is your favorite. Yeah. I would say that's your favorite. Yeah, and um, but an old old ride. You know, we're I'm going back to I can remember when they had burrow rides. You know, and then also there was Knott's Berry Farm, so you know. We could, you know, that was a whole nother thing. But um, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, and now the new uh, Screamin', those are probably yeah. my favorite one. But old, old school ones like. No, I think Thunder Mountain, I was thinking. Mr. Mr. Toads. Well, that used to be the, where the mule rides were. Mm, Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan, yeah, like and, and those funky old ones, you know. Kelly and I went on <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. When we were there last time. Oh yeah. Oh my That's God. a good one. That's like black light paint and cardboard. Yeah, it's creepy in there. <laughs> but I like the little being the worm. The worm is cool. <laughs> it's good for a little kid ride, I think. Yeah. It's better than Roger Rabbit. I think Roger Rabbit's too high. Yeah, it, Roger Rabbit always gives me the creeps. My favorite is obviously Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. But um that's like a new ride. So my favorite old ride. Would probably be Thunder Mountain too. Yeah. I would have to say I can't do it anymore because I would just be ruined. But the teacups, we couldn't go anywhere without. In when we were kids, we had to do the teacups and just wind it up. And those things were great. But I would, I could never do that again. But, yeah, know. we got car sick today <laughs> just driving my car around. So, <laughs> um, Winky, what's your favorite ride? Um, well, Space Mountain. I feel like that one's a, a givey. Um, I always enjoyed the Little Mermaid that's right in front of the water, the pier. Um, I like the Little Mermaid. It's kind of a cute little, if I'm tired and walking all day, it's nice to just like go in AC and like, you know, it's fine. Um, that one and then the Screaming. I don't think it's called, is it still called Screaming? That one's definitely my favorite, but it's the Impossibles. It's Incredicoaster. Incredicoaster. I, I got to keep them. Sorry. No, you're good. I remember it being Screaming, but I know it's something yeah, different it's now. A- that one's a fun one. Okay, what's your favorite food? Well, I think I'd say the stuff we get in Star Wars now is absolutely crazy. Oh yeah, the Ronto roaster. The Ronto roaster. That because everything else is really just what do you get a turkey leg or you get a corn dog or you get a burrito or you get you know. I think the corn dog is my favorite. I remember we would go to like Carnation sponsored the place on Main Street where you got fried chicken, just like Knott's Berry Farm. They had a giant fried chicken place and yeah, flows sit down restaurant. The Cars Land just mm-hmm. can't That's down true. Here. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, Cars Land has the best food that I remember. I haven't been to Star Wars Land yet, which I'm really excited to do eventually. But yeah. I do remember the cozy cones and mm-hmm. during Halloween and stuff, they always have the best snacks. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I feel like um just recently I've figured out that the popcorn is so good. Yeah. Remember the last few times I've just uh-huh. been wanting the popcorn the whole time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, I mean, I knew it was always good. Yeah, I just felt like all the candy and stuff it. in it. Yeah. So good. We'd get the, um, you know, the dole the, at the Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. They have the little dole pineapple pineapple, pineapple drinks. Yum. Yeah. That thing's so good. Yeah. Um, okay. And then your favorite Disney Ooh, character. Gosh. That's really, really hard. Um, I would, I have an answer for you, but I don't do know if you? it's your favorite. You could, you could help me. <laughs> I think it's Chip. 
D- well, Chipper Dale, Ch- yeah, maybe Chipper Dale. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cartoon wise, yep, hands down. Those are my favorite. Or Coco. Coco's your new favorite. Well, sorta. Yeah, for sure. The that production. We're almost in Coco time too. It's like almost mm-hmm. October. Yeah. And that um, just the colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. The production on that is amazing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's a really pretty what, movie. What is my character? I don't know what my favorite character is. Um, probably The Little Mermaid because I'm boring because it was my favorite movie. Hercules. Oh, you, that's yours? Yeah, that's mine. I like that movie. Oh, nice. Well, I would have to shout out to David Spade and say, because <laughs> mm-hmm. Kelly got me into the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> oh, I love that yeah, They're not really characters. I mean, <laughs> so funny. John Goodman. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I would say the other favorite, obviously, uh, um, Monsters. Monsters. Oh, Monsters, Inc. Kelly. Yeah. Mike Wazowski. Right. I wasn't even aware of that. And then we had to do... We had to do Monsters Inc. like three times, and then I finally came around. And then and then I had to watch the movie, and then I had to yeah. Uh, so so yeah. I, was, I was late to the game on that one. That's okay. Also, Incredibles, you were late to the game on. True. Um, yeah. We just watched the first Incredibles movie. I feel like Incredibles is so good. That's one. Of my my partner and I just watched it, and he hadn't watched like all of them in a row, the first and second one, and we just did it, and now we're obsessed. We love the uh, the Incredibles. Yeah, they're awesome. It's they're, so good. It's yeah, amazing. Um, but anyway, let's wrap it up because yeah, we're getting pretty long. At <laughs> no, we're point. just having a really good time chatting and catching up and talking Disney and seeing both of your faces just brings so much love and like lo- like life to my dead sick body. Ugh. So thank you so much for spending time and answering all my weird questions. No, thank <laughs> you for yeah. It's good to see you. Glad you're alive. We're glad you're oh, on yeah. the up and up. Yeah. Um. Thanks for hanging with us dad is there any last words you have any parting words no i just have really i tried to keep up you know for me it's a whole different thing than the rest of your listeners because i get to hear you guys and family and and keeping up and catching up and staying in touch with whatever so Mm -hmm. and then you know when you get little sometimes there's little mentions and stuff that of uh you know that seem extra special and stuff uh and I just, I love the episode with Denali and uh, Denali, sorry. And I just thought that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And what a super gal she is. And, uh, I hope to meet her sometime. You know? Mm-hmm. You will. Okay. Well, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being candid with us. Thanks for being candid. We love you. Bye, y'all. Okay. <laughs> all for today's episode of candidly 30 hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed chatting if you like what you heard please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review your feedback helps us make the show even better follow us on instagram at candidly 30 thanks for being candid with us